0: Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. My name's Kim, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian, and we are so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We will be discussing choices you can make while you're single that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for an enjoyable, lasting marriage later. It's kind of like you're loving your husband before you even have one. Adrienne, I'm excited about today's
1: topic. Are you? Oh, yeah. I'm excited because we are doing a relationship Q&A, so things will be a little bit different this week, but we are excited nonetheless.
0: Yes, and today we're welcoming back our um, one of our team members, Kim Epler. She's usually behind the scenes. She's our newest member of the podcast team. And you may remember her from a recent episode about her flying to Tokyo for her first date. It's a great love story, season two, episode 15. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, it beats any Hallmark movie, hands down. Kim, we're so glad you're here with us
1: again.
2: Hey guys, so pumped to be back, and I cannot wait to get y'all's
1: thoughts and all these questions we have lined up. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you're joining us on just the other side of the microphone again, and thank you for just being willing to help facilitate this discussion with us as we talk about relationships and friendships and everything in between.
0: Well, all of us are affiliated with the same campus ministry, it's called Stumo, and throughout the years of working with college students. We have fielded a lot of questions when it comes to relationships. We thought we could kind of shake things up on this podcast and do a Q QA A of some of the most asked relationship questions that actually relate to a lot of the topics that we've covered in the podcast.
1: Yes. And we hope that really this episode challenges you in your own thinking when it comes to relationships. And so some of these questions are going to have a very straightforward biblical answer, and some may not. They might be a little vague. And so we'll have to use wisdom to answer how we personally see best. And we hope that in just hearing our answers, that that would actually help you think through biblical principles and apply wisdom in the topics of relationships and dating and everything in between. So Kim Epler, take us away. Okay guys, so why don't we start at the beginning? So let's talk about friendships with
2: guys. What do you guys talk about with your guy friends, you know, in order to not get too deep
0: with them? Well, if if I could just jump in, I think it's important to kind of define what we mean by friendship real quick because it can be very complicated. And I think our culture doesn't really make a good distinction between friendship and relationship. And I okay. I have made some mistakes in my life. And one of them is that I didn't really have a clear understanding of what the difference was between friendship and relationships. And so I kind of got burned early on. And I wrote about this in my book. But friendship is where you're kind of side by side with someone. You're sharing experiences. You have shared experiences. And you have shared interest in something. You have these common interests that really cause you to be appreciative of each other. So you don't need each other. It's just kind of a fun blessing to have each other, you know, and a relationship involves kind of some, uh, it's more, it's not just side to side, it's more face to face and you're drawn by interest to each other. Okay, so I I may refer to this um, as we talk through a few of these questions because I think it's important because I think a lot of young women treat friendships like a relationship and they're different. Okay, so with that said, um, what do you talk to your guy friends about in order to not get too deep with them? Talk about your shared interests. Go out and do things with each other. I think it's important to build healthy friendships that you're Doing things. You're becoming an interesting person. You're developing interests and you're, you're, um, and you're involving other people and you're doing these things together and you're talking about those things. And you're doing it in a group and you're getting to know each other.
2: Yeah, I think that's good. I you even mentioned groups. So I just think having groups around helps prevent boundaries from you kind of disclosing things that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise.
0: One question, too, that I, you can obviously tell I've worked through this issue a little bit, but when I was a single woman, I would, I remember asking myself, hey, would I be having this type of conversation with this guy if he was a married man and if I was a married woman? Now, for some reason, that just really helped me. Um, There's no magic formula. I just am sharing what helped me, but I would ask myself that question and it worked really well.
1: That's good. It's really good. Yeah, that's really good. I agree.
2: Okay, so how can you guys tell a guy's true intentions?
1: Well, I think my first question is, has he communicated his intentions? I hope that as a godly man, he would communicate his intentions. If you guys are hanging out one-on-one, you guys are maybe going on a date, he said, hey, I I would like to take you out on a date and get to know you better. And that would be his true intentions. But since we're talking kind of just about friendships – well, if you guys are just friends and you guys are hanging out, then his true intentions are probably he just wants to be friends with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really good. And if you're trying to read into things and like read a guy's mind, you can't. Okay. I mean, I, I, I've I been married for 24 years. I have live with three other young men and I cannot read their minds. I can't. It just doesn't happen. And so it's really important that in these friendships that we learn to communicate our intentions because we can't just read each other's minds.
2: Yeah, that's good. What a guy communicates is often probably going to reflect his intentions. Okay, so let's circle back to spending time with our guy friends. Do you guys think that it's wrong to hang out with your guy friend
1: alone or one-on-one? I think setting is really important. Are you meaning like one-on-one, we went on a run um, together. And so we're in a public place. Are you talking about one-on-one at his house and no one else's home? I think the setting of that is a really important indicator. And so... I would personally advise against hanging out with a guy friend alone if you guys are in the just friend stage because that can get confusing with the question we asked about earlier. It makes you start to wonder what are his intentions if he hasn't communicated them. So I would err more on the just the side of clarity and say, hey, don't hang out one-on-one with a guy friend unless he asks you out on a date.
0: Yeah. You know, okay, on a practical level, what does that look like? I mean, like, you're hanging out with a guy, and it's just the two of you. I mean, is there a way to kind of say, hey, would you mind if we just, you know, went outside or something or, you know, be around some other people? I mean, I remember having an awkward conversation with a guy one time, and we were in this dark room and sitting, and I just felt really uncomfortable. And, um, and I was like, hey, would you mind if we just go stand outside and talk? I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. And it was just, it wasn't a big deal. You know, we just did that. You know, if you want to hang out with a guy friend alone, you might be asking yourself, why do you want to hang out with him alone? Um, It may be more than just a friendship. And in that case, you know, you can respond accordingly.
2: Okay, that was really good, Kim. So let's transition to talking about breakups. So let's say a guy asks you out, you go on a date or you're just not really feeling it. You want to say no, you want to let him down easy, but you don't want to be mean. How do you turn him down without hurting his feelings?
0: Okay, so before we answer this question, can I just say a few things? Give the guy a chance. You know, girls say, guys, don't ask us out. Guys, don't ask us out. Hey, give the guys who do ask you out a chance. I mean, if they are following Christ and if you have a friendship or something, you know, give the guy a chance. Um, you know, I just, <laughs> I just think we just need to give him a chance. You know, go out with him a couple of times and just see maybe if something might change. I have a lot of friends who said they would never go out with their husbands, and they are happily married decades later. So just FYI. Um, but if you if you do go out with a guy a couple of times and there's just nothing there and uh, I encourage you to just say, I'm honored you would ask, but I'm not interested in anything more. And just leave it at that. I even ran it by Sean this morning. But, you know, one time a guy, um, we were friends and we went out a couple of times and he said basically the same thing to me. He said, Kim, something's missing that's keeping us from being more than friends. And I, you know, I think I even asked him, I said, well, is it a character quality or something? And he goes, no, not at all. And so I just left it. I just thought, you know what? We tried it. It's okay. And he went on, he married someone else. I married someone else and we're both happily married. But I think it's important to be firm, not draw it out. And, but let's not discourage guys who are asking girls out. That's my biggest thing. I mean, if you want guys to ask them out, don't make it a scary thing for them to do so.
2: Yeah, I agree. Something I would add to that is um, speaking with clarity. And so if you are not interested in this guy and you know you're not going to be, not saying, Hey, I just don't think this is a good season for me. Um, I'm really wanting to pursue singleness, but let's just say this guy you have crush on asks you out a week later and you say, yes, I think that is hurtful to the guy that initiated with you at first. And it kind of reflects poorly on you that you're a little wishy-washy. And so, um, not leaving things open-ended, like Kim said, if you are not interested in being clear with them.
1: Yeah. And if I could add one more thing, if you want episode on breaking up and just having those tough conversations, we had Sam on season two, episode seven, who um, talks about calling off an engagement. So it's a really, really good story about being clear and all those things. And it's great. So listen to that episode.
0: Yeah, I think my big takeaway from that episode is to leave people better than you found them. I thought that was just so good. Okay,
1: guys, so what if this guy that you
2: need to turn down or break things off with is not a Christian? What is the best way to end things? And how do you communicate that you want a Christ-centered relationship
0: to someone that isn't following Christ? I mean, I think it's important to just be honest, you know? I mean, I would say something like my relationship with Christ is the most important thing to me. So I'm looking for someone who shares that. And if you're interested in learning more, I can introduce you to someone who could help you discover a relationship with Christ or, you know, point him to a church or some type of, um, group. But I just don't think you're probably the best one to do that, to help him. But I just think it's important to let people know, Hey, this is important to me. And I'm looking for someone who shares that. And Hey, I'm not pushing it on you, but that's what I'm looking for. And I honestly think it's important for you. Like if a guy goes, Oh, I've been wanting that myself. Give that guy some time. I mean, you know, it's important for someone to develop their own relationship with God and kind of build their own track record of their walk with God um and not be doing it for like a person, if that makes sense. Mm.
1: That's good, Kim. And I know, Kim, with your own personal story, this was big for you um, with the man you were engaged with. I remember you called off an engagement because he wasn't following Christ at the time. So you could could you give us some insights just into how that conversation went for you?
0: Yeah. Well, our whole relationship, neither one of us were following Christ. And then later um, in college, I began to be a seeker because I, I I don't know. God was just working in my heart. And I started attending some... Uh, campus meetings that talked about the Bible. I started going to church. and so I would invite him to do these things. and at that time in his life, he just wasn't that open. I mean, later in life, I think he kind of opened back up to that or opened up to that. but at that point in his life, he was not open. And so it just became really evident that i I couldn't follow Christ and you know maintain the relationship like it always had been. There were some changes and um and so I, I don't think I did the best job. I mean, I was a brand new baby Christian. And I was just like, hey, I'm just trying to get my life right with God. And there's this hole in my heart. And I think only God can fill it. I don't think you can fill it. I mean, I just I just tried to be as honest and as kind as I could. But we ended up breaking up and it was pretty traumatic. But um, looking back, I think it was the best decision.
2: OK, guys, the next question is from a woman that says, I notice a lot of Christians get married. Really quickly, you know, maybe they've only been dating for six months before they get engaged. And a few months after that, they're married. This seems kind of crazy and unreasonable. Why do Christians get married so quickly?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think one is they've been preparing for marriage. And so a lot of what Kim's book is about loving your husband before you even have one is the choices that you can make today that would prepare yourself for a better marriage later. And so that person is likely ready to get married. So there's not a whole lot to figure out. And I love that JP out of Texas, he describes dating as an interview process with which sounds like a little like callous or just shallow, but it's really not. Dating is an interview process to see who you'd want to marry. And so sometimes that interview process can be really quickly. And sometimes that can take a little bit more time. Yeah, I think, you know, uh,
0: believers are not playing games, you know, they're dating with intention. And um, they know what they're looking for. And they've been preparing. And they also recognize the power of of sexual desire and that nature. And they want to keep that waiting time really short. I mean, I, I just think there's value in that. Um, it's hard to stay pure. And if you do it over the long haul, man, that that's tough on you, you know? So I think it's, a uh, yeah, we get, we get married pretty quick. <laughs> it's true. Okay. So speaking
2: of purity, I want to hit the question that, You know, everybody wants to know the answer to how far is too far physically.
0: You know, if I could just interject a little uh, preface here, you know, people always ask, you know, why is sex such a big deal to God? And, you know, sex is this metaphor, which is something that's symbolic of something else that helps us understand abstract things. And marriage and the sexual relationship is the symbol or this metaphor that God created and chose to illustrate the depth of kind of the intimacy he wants with us. And because no one likes to be cheated on, no one does. And it's, and it's the ultimate betrayal. And so God wants this close, intimate relationship with us like that. And so that's why purity is so important. And so... Anyway, it just, it helps us to understand who God is and and He what kind of relationship He desires for us. Um, but as far as this question, you know, what is too far physically, you know, when I was speaking a lot, um, I would just say, and this is just kind of blunt, but if you can't do what you're wanting to do in front of us right now, then that's probably too far. You know, I mean, it's like if you're trying to hide something, that's probably not good. But Adrienne, in her um, episode with her husband, Dave, they really brought up a a very important point. Adrienne, could you talk about how, how you guys answer that question, how far is too far?
1: Yeah, we talked. I mean, this might get a little PG-13, but we talked about just your body's response to sex and how your body will start preparing and lubricating itself for intercourse. And so that is a natural thing that your body produces. That is a really good thing. And so when you start to feel your body speed up and a female has a different response than a male, but nonetheless, there's still a response, that's a very good indicator that you are moving towards sex. And so uh, that is obviously as we're um, Christians, we're trying to honor God, like sex is saved for marriage. And so if that, that type of um, speeding up is coming in just the dating process or in the engaged process, you guys need to pump the brakes.
0: 1 Thessalonians 4 is so clear. It says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in passionate lust like the heathen who don't know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And as a believer in Christ, we have to wrestle with this scripture. And it is just very clear. God's desire for us is not sexual immorality. And, uh, so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that scripture out there because that's one of the foundations of why we do a lot of the things that we do,
2: yeah. And something that I would just add is a lot of people will say, "Well, dating's not in the Bible. How am I supposed to know you know how to how to act in this way, in this area? But the reality is is, purity is in the Bible. Our sexual boundaries and God's design for sexuality are explicitly stated. And so even though maybe dating isn't super clear, um. God did give us these boundaries that we can follow through with. So, Okay, so let's say you've gone too far physically in the relationship you're currently in. How do you backtrack? Is that even possible? How do you start honoring God in that relationship?
0: Boy, that's just a great question. And I think all of us are dealing with some kind of sexual brokenness of one kind or another. I mean, it's not like please don't feel like you're the only one. We've all dealt with this. Everyone has. But I think it's important for you to really think through what do you really want and why do you want that and what does he really want and wh- why does he want that? You know, Because couples can backtrack, but you have to make some significant changes and set up some safeguards. It's beautiful that God created this um, you know, when he wanted a husband and a wife to become one, he allowed the sexual uh, process and all the chemicals involved to really make people bond. And so, you know, if you have started that bonding process, it's, it's hard to kind of backtrack, but it can be done. But you both have to be committed to do that. Um, I think you're going to need to honor each other and show respect for each other by establishing boundaries and and to limit the time alone and also to get accountability and to really communicate and talk through what you're going to do different. And if over a time there's no changes and you can't handle it, then you need to really decide, do I want to, you know, just go with whatever I'm feeling at the moment, or do I really want to make a big change to follow God and do things the way He wants me to.
1: I know a couple that has done this and i just really respect them a ton they were impure and then really started following christ and were like hey we've got to like change that aspect of our relationship and they still wanted to date and all those things and so they decided that they were never going to be alone together at all and so they set a very firm boundary of doing that because they know that what them being alone always led to and so they made a really firm boundary to always date in a public place and i really respect them for that because that is really really difficult to do when you've already crossed those boundaries when the hormones and everything has been released to bond you that they had to take some radical steps so that they could honor Christ in their relationship.
2: Okay so speaking of boundaries, how would you guys handle a situation where you and the person you're dating maybe disagree on a boundary? so like for example kissing before marriage let's say only one of you has a conviction to wait to kiss but the other it doesn't bother them. How would you navigate that?
0: Well, I I think this is a great opportunity for you to demonstrate respect and honor for each other. I think you should defer to the one who has the boundary that maybe you don't feel like is needed. I think that's important. There're going to be a lot of opportunities in marriage where you're going to have you're going to get to do this because you're not going to always agree on everything. And uh and I think we need to show honor and respect to each other by um you know, by listening to each other. And it's like, if something is causing someone to uh, uh, cross in their mind, make it sin for them. um, I think it's important that we honor that.
2: Yeah. Always erring on the side of like respecting the person that has the conviction. I love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to add, if any of you listeners have any more questions on boundaries, Adrian and her husband, Dave, did a podcast um, in season two, episode five, all about boundaries. So definitely check that out. If you have it's really any good questions, it's really good. Yeah. It's so great. Okay. Another popular and potentially controversial question I want to ask you guys is when do you say the L word?
1: Ooh, when do you tell a guy you love him? Yeah, that is a controversial one. I have Christian friends that would disagree on this, And I think that's okay, but I can tell you something that we did personally as I was studying just what God's definition of love is, and that love really is a commitment. It's a choice. It's an active decision. It's not just a feeling. And I think a lot of the time in culture, we define love as a feeling of how you feel about something or just the emotions you get when you eat those really delicious tacos. You're like, I love tacos. Um, like that type of stuff is how we use the word love. You don't say, I'm committing to love this taco, whether it's it tastes good or not like we just don't use that type of language for the word love anymore and so for me i made a personal decision that i did not want to say that until i was engaged to somebody and dave had made the actual same decision so that wasn't anything that we said to one another um, while we were dating or it really didn't happen until we were engaged where he made a choice to say adrian i love you i want to marry you um yeah
0: you know, we did kind of the same thing. And there are Christian couples that will do it differently, you know. I mean, there's no um, you know, command in the Bible that says you can't say you love each other. Um, but it I know for us when when I knew that Sean said I love you, I knew the question was going to come next and he said, "Will you marry me?" And so I that just really protected us because we just It changed the game. All of a sudden we moved from we're friends and dating, but now we're committing to each other and we're going to move forward towards marriage together. And so it just, it protected my heart, his heart. And and so it worked really well for us. Yeah, I love that. I will say that for
2: Matt and I, we um, followed suit. We actually waited as well. And something I will say that was really special when we were dating is it, I mean, I was in love with Matt months before we were engaged. And I wanted to tell him, I mean, it was literally like I had to bite my tongue. Every time we were together, I just wanted to tell him and scream it. But knowing that we wanted to save that and reserve that for once we were engaged and knew we were going to be together for life, it forced us to learn how to communicate our feelings and our emotions outside of just this blanket word love. And I got to, you know, learn how to tell Matt, like, Hey, I just really admire this part of your character, or this really means so much to me when you treat me this way, you know, and I mean, I can go on and on and on. And that just blessed us in our marriage too, because I feel like our communication skills were just set up to thrive because, and that even goes for purity boundaries too, I would say. Um, because you know, we weren't just making out all the time, we were learning how to really communicate and get to know each other deeply. And so, that was a blessing of um, choosing to reserve those things. Okay, so I know on season one, episode 14, you guys did an episode on modesty. So, in regards to that, what does modesty look like in marriage? Does anything change? Is it the exact same? How should we navigate that?
1: Ooh, well, modesty is a command to all women. So whether you're married or single or 18 years old or 78 years old, it still applies to everyone. We're all God reflectors, which is what Brent was saying in that episode. And our parents should point others to Christ And so I may be wondering, is this question like maybe asking about like in the privacy of your home or in the bedroom? And if modesty is defined as appropriateness, then as a married woman, you should feel the freedom to wear anything or nothing in the privacy of your home. And that's something that you and your spouse can talk about.
2: I really love that. Okay, so let's talk about our pasts. So for you guys, how did you guys navigate talking about your pasts with your husband?
0: You know, Sean and I took a very vague stance on our past. We had a conversation before we were married, um, and we actually asked for each other's forgiveness, but we were not specific. And that's really worked well for us. You know, we just both knew that we had made mistakes in the area of um, you know, sexual stuff in the past, and uh, but we just left it very vague. And, you know, if an issue came up, and there are times that, you know, that more things need to be discussed, but it's, you can always share more, but you can't really retract things that you say. And I, the vagueness thing has really worked for us because I don't have anything pictured in my mind. And when I meet old girlfriends or, you know, different things, I, I, I'm not, I'm not picturing things in my mind and that's just, I'm a visual person and that's just been really important for me and that's worked well. But
1: Adrian, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I would say we also took a vague route, but I see a lot of people just even in the dating phase, they ask this question because they're like, this is how I want to build intimacy with the person I'm dating. I just want to like vent and tell them everything about my life and I want to hear everything about his life and just feel like that he entrusted something to me that he hasn't told anyone else to. And so if that is like the desire feeling that you're having of why you want to share about your past or that's why you want to hear about his past, that is a desire that is meant for marriage of building intimacy there. And so I would just caution you to put that on pause. I would um, share that you should err on the side of vagueness. And then once you are married, if you guys do need to talk about certain things and more specifics that you guys um, could do that just in the lens of some help and some wise counsel around you to help benefit your marriage and build intimacy.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, if I can piggyback on that, Adrian, if if you feel like there's some things you need to talk about, perhaps you could talk about that with a, a mentor or, you know, a counselor, hopefully, you know, I talk a lot about pre-engagement counseling. um, And I think it's important for a couple, if they're thinking about marriage, to involve another couple, older, wiser, with a lot of biblical knowledge who can help guide them and, you know, through the decision, should we get married? And um, usually those type of topics come up to talk about your past. And uh, so
1: anyway, just
0: wanted to put that out there, but I think that's really important.
1: Oh yeah, I heard someone tell me this one time, they were like, if you haven't told another person what you're about to tell your boyfriend, then you should probably go tell another person first. (laughs) And I was like, ooh, that is a good reminder just of, hey, I want to be able to share this with wise counsel. And then if it is something that is private, that is intimate, that you do feel like you need to share with the person that you are dating, that wise counsel, that mentor can help you navigate that conversation and what to share and maybe what not to share.
2: Yeah. I don't really think that sharing your sexual past with your boyfriend is that is really necessary. Um, However, I understand that if you're engaged and, or you're moving really, you're right, you're moving towards marriage, that that could be important to at least just have some conversations about, um, especially if you have abuse or trauma in your past. Um, So yeah, I think that is definitely like Adrienne and Kim were saying, bringing in older mentors to navigate how to share those things is valuable.
0: Yeah, that's good. And you know, in season one, episode six, Jessica Clark um, just shared a little bit. I mean, the whole topic was what should I share and when, you know, she's married to former bachelor Ben Higgins. And so they kind of had to navigate some of these things too. And so she had some great insights on that episode.
2: Okay. So what would be your advice to someone who needs to process through some sexual or emotional regret from a previous relationship.
0: You know, like I said before, we're all dealing with this to some degree or another, you know, so you're not alone. And God designed us to bond emotionally and physically with our husbands. And so when we start participating in these emotional ties and physical things, you know, it, it you know, if we do it too early, it's going to we're going to get hurt. And that's why God's commands are given to protect and provide for us. And so I think it's important for you to give it time and grace. I think it's important for you, like Adrian mentioned, you know, don't be processing all these things with maybe a, a, your boyfriend at the time or something, get, get some help, you know, with a mentor, Bible study leader or a pastor um, or group leader and kind of at least start the process. Cause it, it does take time. Things like that don't fix just super quick. Um, but one thing, a couple of things that really, I love about Jesus is that when he interacted with women who had dealt with a past, I love how he dealt with it. Like in John 8, this woman was caught in the act of adultery and she he just said, go and sin no more. He just really freed her up from that. And in John chapter 4, he met a woman, the Samaritan woman, who had five husbands, you know, and he didn't throw it in her face, you know, or anything. He just, you know, he just helped her process it and you know, she ended up leading a lot of people in that village, you know, to Christ too. So anyway, it's really neat. And I mean, the Bible's filled with women who God has redeemed and restored and gone on to just use them in powerful ways. The story of Rahab, I mean, she was a prostitute for crying out loud. And she, but she made a turn to trust God and follow God. And God esteemed her. She was like in the line of Jesus. And um, in, you know, in part of his history. And so it's just, it's really beautiful. That's why God came. He came to redeem and restore. And, uh, and let's just treat it seriously because it's sin is sin, but, um, God is very gracious. And I think sometimes young women feel like there's no hope for them because of their past. And that's simply not true that all these women in the Bible, um, give witness that there's a place for you. Um, and so it's okay. But the important thing is to confess that sin and seek his forgiveness and move forward.
1: I don't want to add too much, but we did a few episodes that talked a little bit about this. So in season one, episode 13, we actually had a counselor come on and share just all about what counseling could look like and what that could look like for you. And so definitely check that out if that's a next step. In season one, episode four, we had on Grayson, who talked about just her sexual promiscuity in her younger years and how that affected her future marriage. And so she, she tells all. We have two episodes where she just shares her whole story. So if you are just wanting to hear just what that process is like, I'm thankful for Grayson because she let us in on what that looks like.
0: Yeah, I am too. That was a great episode. Wow. You guys...
2: We have covered so much, and I am just loving all the wisdom that you guys have shared and the scripture you guys have shared. I know that I've been really challenged by everything we've talked about, and I know we'll definitely have to do. A QA and a like this again.
0: Yes. And I feel like we've barely scratched the surface on a lot of these topics. Like Adrian said, we could do a whole episode just alone on just one question, you know. But so I recommend going back and listening to these other episodes as you kind of work through, you know, kind of your stance on it and why and really encourage you to get in God's word each day and be able to grow in your knowledge of him and what he's done for you and what he wants for you, because his commands are to protect and provide for us. And we know that some of these questions didn't really have a straightforward biblical answer. Um, some do, some don't, but you have to learn to use wisdom in answering some of these. And we have answered these questions just to the best of our ability and what we personally see best as our opinion. And we hope that it's As you heard our answers, that it will help you think through the biblical principles and be able to challenge you to apply wisdom in the topic of relationships. But Adrian, thank you for delving into these questions with me. Kim, thank you for helping us put together these questions and um, giving your perspective. I mean, you're behind the scenes, but you don't need to be. I wish you could just be out front with us all the time Um, because I just love your heart and just your pursuit of the Lord. And um, to Logan, who's processed all these things and produces this podcast, we're so grateful for him. And to our listeners, thank you for asking the questions and keep them coming. We just wanted to let y'all know that we will be taking a break, um, from releasing episodes until
2: mid January until season three. And so we wanted to give you guys a chance to catch up on any missed episodes and enjoy the holidays. We look forward to um, talking with you guys soon.